Gosh, we've got a great leader, great church, so thankful. Hey, like J.D. said, I have a beautiful wife and son. I think we got a picture of my son. There you go. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is a layup. I can say anything I want for the next 20 minutes, and that just layup. It's his first birthday on Tuesday, so I'm already, oh, my gosh. I'm already in a soft spot, so it's not going to take much for me to start crying. Uh, but... Hey, I'm not just gushing on him and, and sentimental because of what J.D. said or because my son's turning one this week, um, but man, church is family to us. Like J.D. said, there's something powerful about the, the loyalty and family of church, um, going through things together, and I just want to say I, I love introducing my family. I love introducing my wife. I would have them stand up, but both my wife and my son got hand, foot, and mouth this week, so they're at home recovering. Um, Praise God that the covering of the Lord was over me and that we didn't have to, you know, record me doing this on my iPhone or something. Um, but man, I, I love getting to share my family with you guys because you guys are family to us. And there's nothing more special to me than having Luke out in the lobby and watching over a five-minute time span where he gets passed between like eight volunteers, holding him, greeting, and then going into the kids' room and the way that you guys are discipling our kids, even from the youngest of age— this is family to us, and I love, love, love raising my son in a family like this. It is such a treat getting to do it with you guys. And today, like J.D. said, is a family Sunday for us. This is a Sunday that we celebrate hard together because today is going to be filled with baptisms. It's going to be filled with people declaring their love for Jesus and their following of him. And here's my promise to you. I promise not to talk too long, okay? I'm like the free chips and salsa at the beginning of a Mexican restaurant, right? You eat it because it's there, and you're happy about it when you have it, but then when you get the fajitas, you realize that was just, it was just a time waster, right? So I'm just, I'm the short chips and salsa appetizer here. We're going to get to the good stuff here in a little bit. Uh, but will you guys pray for me as we jump into the Word of God together? Lord, we just pray together, Lord, that your Spirit would come in this place. Lord, I just thank you for the Spirit of celebration that's already here. Lord, even as we celebrate new life in people, as we celebrate people's givenness to you, as we celebrate what you've done on the cross, Lord, we just pray that today a Spirit of gladness would come over us. Lord, that as we remember the gospel, the response of our heart would just be overwhelmed with gladness. Lord, we're so thankful for what you've done. We're so thankful for the people in this family. And we pray today would be filled with celebration. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, like J.D. said, today we're jumping into baptisms, and depending on your history, your family, where you grew up, what you grew up doing, you may have a thousand different views on baptism, right? All of us bringing in different pasts and histories, different experiences from how the church has done baptism over the last few hundred years, and we could spend a lot of time talking about all of that, but today my heart is to jump into the Word of God together. You see, all throughout the Bible, there are dozens of references to baptism, stories that can be read, passages of how it's done. And my heart today is that we can jump into a few of those together and answer three questions. What's the point of baptism? What's the practice of baptism? And what is the product of baptism? What's the point? Why do we do it? What's the practice? What do you actually do? Right? What does baptism actually look like? And what does it produce 
in us, and we're going to be jumping all over the Word of God together, and I promise we'll have it on the screen behind me, but if you brought a Bible with you, I would encourage you to grab your Bible. I have a free Bible because I left mine at home trying to scramble out of the house with a sick wife and baby, Uh, but just here's a free plug. If you don't have a Bible, write on the Connect space. We'd love to get you one of these free Bibles. Just a warning, the text is like 0.4 font. So I'll actually be reading from my notes today um, instead of from my paper Bible that I brought on stage. But I just encourage you, man, church is more than just listening to someone talk. It's learning skills and following God, and Bible competency is a huge skill that's worth having in following Jesus. So I encourage you, grab your Bible, grab your phone if you want to follow along with us. And we're going to start with this. What's the point of baptism? Is it religious ritual? Is it how we get saved? What is the point of baptism? We're going to jump into two scriptures One in Acts 2 and one in Acts 8 together. So I'd encourage you, if you have your Bible, open it up to Acts 2. You can follow along with me. We're going to start in verse 37. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter had just shared the gospel. Long, lengthy, wordy presentation of the gospel in Acts 2. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. And those who received the word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. See, Acts 2 tells us that baptism follows repentance of sin right? They get the presentation of the gospel, and Peter says the response to hearing about your sin and the death that Jesus died for you is to repent and be baptized. Repentance is what happens inside of us. It's the thing that goes on inside of you when you realize, oh my goodness, I am a wicked and and crooked person, as Peter says, and I don't belong near to God, but I want forgiveness. That is the repentance of heart, and baptism is the outward declaration of that. This is what they're preaching and teaching to the early believers, and we only have to flip in our Bible a couple more pages to Acts chapter 8. How many of you are thankful for the Church in the Wild series to learn a little bit about the book of Acts? We've read that together. Pastor J.D. wasn't even here, and he was excited about it, so that's why I like to hear. We're going to jump into Acts 8. Again, we're jumping through the Word of God today, starting verse 26. It's an amazing story of baptism. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, one of the disciples, Rise and go to the south on the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. He rose and he went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he came to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And, Phil, and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. So Philip goes out. He sees this man. Spirit of God speaks to him. Go join him. Philip ran up to him and here and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? He said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture he was reading was this, Like a sheep that was led to slaughter, like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told the good news of Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. Right? He hears the gospel. There's a heart response. 
They come to water, and he said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. You see, we see in Acts 2 that baptism follows a heart response of repentance, and we see in Acts 8, what is the point of baptism? It's an act to show the repentance inside of us, right? It's a physical act representing what's going on inside. And we're going to get to join in in a little bit of seeing the same thing happen, and I can't wait for that because there's, there's people in the room who have had that heart response. So we've got the point. What's the point of baptism? It's a response to repentance. It's a declaration of who we are and what we want to be in response to our heart breaking and what Jesus has done. So if that's the point, what's the practice? You know, we don't get all the details from Philip. He doesn't, you know, line out in the gospel, I mean, in the book of Acts, exactly what happens in between explaining in the chariot and baptism. But clearly we see that the eunuch knew, I need to declare in response to what's happening inside of me. I need to put a mark on the outward showing of what's going on inside of me through baptism. And the practice is this, and we see it all throughout the Word. In fact, it starts with John the Baptist before Jesus has even started his ministry, baptizing people. And again, there are dozens of verses we could look at, and I would encourage you to do that. But today, for the sake of me being the chips and salsa course, we're going to keep it short, all right? Baptism is this. It's the submersion in water and the raising out to symbolize us dying to our old ways and rising in a new way right? It's what has been pictured all over the New Testament. And in fact, Jesus, even before his ministry, is saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this same symbol of being born into a new way. And for us, it took on even more meaning after Jesus's death. It went from just being representative of our own new life to now what we associate with the death and life of Jesus. And I love how Paul wrote about it in Romans 6, just a few pages over from Acts 8, if you're following along in your paper Bible. Verse 1 says this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? So do you not, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death as well? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might too walk in newness of life. So a lot of times you'll hear maybe someone doing a baptism say buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. It is a declaration not only of the inward work that's happening in us, but the partnering saying we want to walk like Jesus did. He paid the price for our sins so we don't have to walk in our old ways anymore. We get to walk in our new ways. We get to walk free of our enslavement to sin in our newness of life as Paul wrote. In fact, today as we're talking about baptism, there may be some of you in this room that, that can actually relate to the story of the Ethiopian. Maybe for you, or, or the story in Acts 2, maybe for you it's, it's a matter of you've, you've heard the gospel before and you've thought, maybe this is for me, but you've never repented of your sin. Maybe for you, you've never stopped and thought about the fact that, oh my gosh, it was my sin that put Jesus on the cross. It was my anger. It was my lying. It was my stealing. It was my cheating. It was my addiction that put him there. And I want to repent in that and believe. And for you, I would say the same thing that Peter said to the people in Acts 2, and that is the story of the gospel. I love that J.D. talked about just a second ago the gladness that God has for us 
or sitting side stage just meditating on how can you not be glad when you remember what Jesus has done for you? I was talking about this with a group of guys this week about the practice of sharing the gospel with yourself. If you've never done it, it's revolutionary. Waking up and reminding yourself of what Jesus did for you. If you've never heard that story, or maybe it's unfamiliar to you, or maybe you've been in church and it's never been explained clearly, here's the truth that Jesus has for you, and that is that each one of us were made to walk in relationship with God. Whether you believe it or not, whatever your background is, you were made for relationship with a holy God. And you and I and others around us, everyone in this room and everyone on this earth and everyone that's ever walked this earth has chosen sin before. We've chosen things that make us impure, unholy, and therefore distant from a holy God. And that's heartbreaking to God. It's heartbreaking to him because he made us to walk with him. That's our destiny. That is all of our life calling is to walk with God in relationship with him. And he was broken by that. And if you don't know the story or if you've heard it before, he sent Jesus, just as the disciples have been talking about, down to earth. And Jesus lived a holy life. He never sinned. He never chose wrong. He never stole, cheated. He had every opportunity presented to him, just like we did. And he never chose to respond in sin. He lived as a sacrifice. The Bible says that the punishment that we deserve for our sin is death. And by death, I don't just mean we did, we, we did one thing and we should be killed for it. I mean eternal separation from God. That's our lot in life because we're sinners. And God couldn't stand the fact of that, that he made us for relationship and that our lot in life would be separated from him. And so he sent Jesus down to earth. And Jesus lived a perfect life. And not only did he live a perfect life, he was a beautiful teacher and healer and miracle worker and discipler and leader and servant. And he lived his time on earth teaching us and showing us the ways. And when it came to the end of his days, he was beaten. He was bruised. He was pierced. He was killed on a cross to pay the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins. And he faced what should have been our eternal separation from God. And in three days in the grave, there was fear, would he ever return? There was fear, would we ever actually believe again that we can be reunited with God? And three days later, he rose from the dead, sealing our fate that if we believe in what he did, if we believe that he truly is the Messiah, the Savior, the one who paid the price for our sins, then we also get that relationship with him. And guys, my invitation to you today is if you have never believed that before, if you've never partnered in this and said, I actually believe that it's my sin that put him there, but it's his power that can lead to my forgiveness, I want to say today is your day to believe that. No matter what your background is, no matter what your family history is, no matter where your mind is wrestling right now, I believe that there's faith in the room to believe in who Jesus is. And what he did for us. And I just want to say, whether you have prayed a prayer of forgiveness, whether you've prayed a silent prayer in your heart or said something after church when you were five, or maybe you've followed Jesus for 20 years, today is a day for us to remind our souls of how Jesus has rescued us and let our hearts be glad. Let our hearts be glad. And I just want to take a moment. If, that, if, if you've never taken the time to believe in your heart and say, Jesus, I believe what you said is for me. I just want everybody to close your eyes for a second. Help other people be undistracted. There's nothing special about closing your eyes. If you're in this room and you 
are like, I want to accept what Jesus did. I want to believe in my heart. I just want to encourage you to, you can copy after me. You can say it in your own words, but I just want to lead you in an opportunity to state that belief that you really believe in who Jesus is and what he's done. You can copy after me, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you came to earth. Jesus, I thank you that you died the death I deserve. Jesus, I know it was my sin that separated me from you. And I know that it's your grace and forgiveness that's made a way for me to be back with you. I believe in you. And I'm sorry for my wicked ways. But I live my life following you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to say, if that's you today, that's the best decision you could ever make to have that faith in your heart. It's transformative. And we see a picture of a man who walked through the exact same journey again in the book of Acts. And we're going to end with this because we're getting to the good stuff. We're going to get to baptize some people. Acts 16, you can keep flipping through the book of Acts here. We see a story that we read just a few weeks ago. And it's a story of a man who works in a jail in Philippi. This man, we don't know his exact role, but he was overseeing some prisoners. And two of these prisoners, Paul and Silas, had just been arrested for healing a woman. They had been thrown in jail by some angry citizens. And God shows up to break them free. It's a crazy story. There's this earthquake. The gates open. People start running out. And Paul and Silas look up to see the jailer about to commit suicide. He's distraught. He knows what's happened in the past to people who have let prisoners go, and he thinks, I better end myself here. And Paul and Silas call out, wait, 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 no. And this is how the story plays out after they start to talk to him. Then he brings Paul and Silas out and says, sirs, must, what must I do to be saved? Right? They, they, they say, don't kill yourself. They share Jesus with him. He says, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus. That's what we just reminded ourselves of and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of that night and washed their wounds. And then he was baptized, he and all of his family. And then he brought them into his house, set food before him, and rejoiced with his family. And their entire household had believed in God. You see, baptism follows repentance. And what follows baptism is celebration. It's celebration. It's coming together with your family and saying, can you believe the grace that has been given to us? It's a celebration, and that's what we're doing today. And I want to give you guys a picture. If you're getting baptized today and you know you're getting baptized, you can start heading out to the back. Our team's ready for you. And here's what's going to happen with our crew today. Right? We're celebrating the fact that there are people in our very midst who have had heart responses of repentance saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want the world to know this is who I am. And I, and I want to tell you guys that if, if you are in this room and you've never been baptized, maybe you recently gave your life to Jesus, maybe you've followed him for years and you've never understood the point of, of why I get baptized now, 10 years after giving my life to Jesus. And if that's you and you're like, man, I want to be baptized, we've got shirts and shorts ready for you. Our team is ready to walk it through with you. At any point, man, feel free to find our team in the lobby, but here's what we're going to do. In just a minute, we've got a video that we're going to show that shares a little bit of these people's stories. 
You see, there's so much power in getting to celebrate not just baptism, but where people came from, what Jesus met us in. And I want to say that as we go through baptizing these people today, you guys are the extended family. All right, just like the Philippian jailer had his family celebrate, my invitation to you guys today is celebrate like you're at the UT game yesterday. Celebrate like there is a joy inside of you because they are declaring today the goodness of God in their life. And we're going to worship God together as well. And I want to encourage you as we finish the video and the band comes in to lead us in worship, you can stand with us. You can worship. There's going to be some beautiful moments. And I would encourage you as you worship, pray for these people. If you know them, pray for them. Pray for their family. If you don't, Pray for them once you hear their name called out because we are celebrating as a family new life in the declaration of following Jesus. Amen.